Entrepreneur on Fire 476. In need of some motivation? We've got you covered seven days a week. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Selection, speed, and creativity are just a few of the benefits of having several designers work on your design project instead of just one. Start your next graphic design project at 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. Business Apps has the best customer service in the mobile app reseller space. At least that's what their customers say. Visit businessapps.com, that's B-I-Z-N-E-S-S apps.com to create your free account today. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Brenton Hayden. Brenton, are you prepared to ignite? I'm completely prepared. Yes. Brenton is Minnesota's largest landlord, Harvard and MIT grad, Youngest franchiser in America at the ripe age of 26 and a serial entrepreneur. I've just given our listeners a little overview, Brenton, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally because we want to get to know you, then give us an overview of your business. To define me, you have to define um, what we've done at my first company, Renters Warehouse. Uh, We've grown to be uh, the second largest professional landlord in America. We're by far the largest in the Midwest, um, which is where we're headquartered. And our company, uh, uh, the company that I founded, uh, helps everyday homeowners and real estate investors to rent and manage their real estate. It seems simple, but what I found is the residential property management space was completely um, untapped. If you didn't own a lot of properties and you weren't a big REIT, uh, nobody was there to help the little guy. And that's what we did. We help everyday homeowners and real estate investors to rent and manage their real estate it's as simple as that. We've created some really great, innovative, uh, highly accountable, and a really great value proposition that has made us one of the fastest growing companies in America. Um, for four years in a row, we've been on the Inc. 500, 5,000 list of the fastest growing privately held companies in America. And um, we're now spreading nationwide, helping real estate entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs to uh, use our proven concept and our proven process and uh, buy into the renter's warehouse property management model um, and start their own renter's warehouse on their own local markets. So that's what I'm doing. That's what we're up to. Um, I grew up in Minnesota. Um, I'm 28 now, uh, and I'm newly retired uh, two months ago. Uh, so I, I believe I have um, the American dream. I've built a business in the last six and a half years that have afforded me an amazing lifestyle, great successes, and uh, we now employ about 150 people in Minnesota. Um, I've empowered some key executives to run my business, and now I'm working on the business, not in the business, which is um, the lifestyle that I chose for myself when I began this company. So uh, I can't say I'm any happier than uh, what my life has has turned out to be today. Um, And now I get to just be the brand spokesperson for Renters Warehouse, and and that's what I hope to do today is to to tell people what we've done so well and and to learn from our success. Um, You you asked for a, a mantra. I have another one. Um, in our offline conversation, one of my mantras is um, learn from success, not from failure. I mean, what do you really learn from failure? What not to do again, right? That, what do you really get from that? Um, but to learn from successes uh, is something that's great. And I, I'm a big book reader. I, lead, I read this book called Rework, and they have a chapter in there called Emulate Chefs. 
and learn from success, not from failure. Um, those things stood out to me very early on, and I stopped, you know, giving myself excuses to fail and started researching those who have succeeded and tried to emulate them. And you'll find, like people like you that come on your podcast, are very eager to share their successes. You just got to know where to tap into. So I'm really excited to share some of the things that have worked for me to help grow my business and to give me the lifestyle I've uh, I've obtained. Absolutely. And that's exactly what our focus is here at Entrepreneur on Fire, Brenton, is really sharing the journey. And I love how you shared how six and a half years of really hard work has now led to where you do live the American dream. You're you're retired, but you're still working in a business that you love as far as on your own terms and just being the brand spokesperson. That's really powerful that you can now dip in where you want to and where you can really see it most benefit and work on the business and not in the business. And it's just a great place to be. And in our pre-chat, we talked about a nice little trip you took out here in the Southwest recently and about how your lifestyle now affords that. I mean, that's incredibly powerful stuff and something that every listener can attain to if they are willing, like you were, to put in the incredibly hard work, effort, focus, and drive at the beginning. And Branson, you already shared with us one mantra, but in the pre-chat, we also talked about another success quote, another mantra that you love and that you live by. So share that with us now. A missed opportunity is irresponsibility. And it's something that um, I think I just came up with one day, either that or I overheard it, but I I don't know where it came (laughs) from, but I I just started using it regularly. And it was usually in response to, um, I took so many meetings. I literally never had lunch alone for the last six years. I almost always had coffee with somebody. Um, I took meetings with really anyone that had anything of interest to me. And uh, I was constantly super busy and overwhelmed as a result because I was spending three, four hours a day in meetings, just learning about things and only four, five, six hours in doing work. And people always say, how do you do it? And I said, I just believe that you, you miss an opportunity and it's irresponsible. Um, you know, I also believe that you can drown an opportunity. So it has, it can't just be uh, any old opportunity. If it's got interest to you and it's synergistic with what you're doing or synergistic to your, to what you're passionate about, I believe it's irresponsible for you to ignore it or avoid it. Um, that's where innovation, that's where passion comes from is finding something you're interested in, really believing in it and going for it. I can't tell you how many new products or new ideas or new concepts or new passions that came into my life as a result of taking a, uh, an impromptu meaning or learning about something that was just, you know, interesting or synergistic. So um, that to me has always kept me ahead of the curve on the innovation game. It's always kept me with my finger uh, uh, on the pulse of uh, local business to politics to um, technology innovations to what's going on in my staff's life. It just really kept me the finger on the pulse of life. Um, and what's, what's cool and new and happening. So that's something that's always been just, it still sticks with me today. And I don't know where it came from, but I really do believe in it. Brent, that's just such a powerful message and such a great theme that we're developing here at Entrepreneur on Fire is the networking, the connecting, the building of relationships is so invaluable. And Keith Ferrazzi's book, Never Eat Alone, rings so true. And you obviously stand by that. And you are always taking the opportunity to meet people, to meet with people and to talk to people and to pick their brains and to develop relationships. 
And wow, I mean, you're never not going to have a coffee with somebody that you think could value your business or you could value theirs. And that's so powerful. So my question to you, Brenton, is why not have a cup of coffee with thousands of people? Why not have a cup of coffee and have a conversation that's going to be evergreen and be able to be heard around the world? Where's the Brenton Hayden podcast? You know, I used to be on the radio for five years. Um, it was part of building my business. Um, every Saturday in my local market, I had a, a real estate or a business entrepreneurial show for the first five years of my business. Now, I didn't know everything. I mean, I never, I had not gone to college at that point. My business was you know, kind of just getting going. It was maybe a million dollar business. But I knew I had a lot to offer from unique experiences. I was an entrepreneur since I was 18 years of age. Um, and never, I didn't go to college until I was uh, 22. Um, and so from 18 to 22, I just took meetings. I learned from people. I just took chances. And I'm a, I'm a big risk taker. So becoming an entrepreneur was rather easy for me because that's usually some of the hardest parts. But I did. I, I enjoyed being on the radio for five years. Um, I talked everything from real estate, simplifying processes for people, helping them understand to talking about local market conditions, to taking entrepreneurial phone calls and helping them avoid pitfalls, things that I've learned from. I would pick topics that I knew about. And uh, in Minnesota, that really was an extension of my networking uh, as, at our home office. Um, it made me somewhat of a local kind of celebrity entrepreneur, which was great when you're growing your business and you're trying to get press um, and you're trying to get some awareness of your business, especially one that was rather new and innovative in the industry. At the time I started, there was only five property management companies in Minnesota. This was only seven years ago. Um, and now there's several hundred, um, which we are you know, I think we're 61% market share of the market. So I've been there. I've done that. And I love that part. I just can't, I stopped doing radio last year, September. Um, and it was due to time constraints and what I achieved in my life. I wanted a little something different. I actually, um, may go back to doing it now that I have a lot more time. Um, so I have nothing but respect for podcasts. <laughs> I'm a big believer. I've subscribed to a ton of them. Um, I am a big sponsor of podcasts in right. Minnesota. I'm a huge radio advertiser for my business, and I sponsor some of the top podcasts that are local in Minnesota. I buy their, I, I started their uh, uh, this advertisement program called Studio Naming Rights, where I come in and I pimp out their studio. I put things on the walls. <laughs> I get new chairs, new equipment, and then they broadcast from the RentersWarehouse.com studios. It's been a really great marketing ploy and allows us to stay in touch um, with the local community and how they're you know, learning about business and real estate through podcasts nowadays. I think it's the next big thing. Wow. Well, cool stuff, Brenton. It's really exciting that you have obviously that ability to broadcast and that ability to communicate in a very powerful and unique way. And I'm glad that you see that opportunity. And I look forward to seeing where you take that down the road here as you're right. 2014 does become the year of the podcast. And Brenton, let's transition now. And what we're going to talk about next is a topic that you and I actually disagree about, and that's okay. We're allowed to have a difference of opinion. I'm a big believer that we can learn a lot from failure. And what I really believe that we can learn, Brenton, is what to avoid. And that can save us an incredible amount of time, an incredible amount of energy, avoiding rabbit holes that don't need to be gone down because people have done it before and proven that it's not something that works. So we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a failure, and we really want to hear a story from you because obviously you're having incredible success right now, but it doesn't just have success and aha moments in your journey. You also have failures, obstacles, struggles, challenges. Tell us one of those stories, Brenton. Really take us down to the ground level and share with us a time that you failed or faced a massive obstacle. And then, Brenton, 
share with us the lessons you learned. You know, every, pro- every property management company caters to big real estate investors. This was the first thing I noticed when I got into property management. They speak investor lingo. lingo uh, they focus on the big clients. And um, that's what property management industry used to be before, I believe, we got into it. Um, I decided I wanted to do things completely different. I wanted to cater to the everyday Joe, the person who had one house, two houses, couldn't sell or lose too much if they did or inherited a house or they're combining households or maybe they're relocated. I wanted to be a resource for the everyday Joe. And I knew that if I did that well, the big clients would come. Well, to this day, I have not been able to, well, I've been able to land the biggest landlord in the country, the second biggest landlord in the country, the third biggest landlord in the country. And I've worked with the largest top three landlords in the United States of America. I've also had some of the largest real estate investors in Minnesota, but I've never been able to keep any one of them for over one year. And it's not because of our services or us failing providing the service offering we we promised. It's that our business is so core to the everyday Joe that we don't offer specialized, customized, or bend the rules or policies and procedures for a big client because we believe the everyday Joe needs structure and the big client wants customized processes and systems to match their processes and systems. And we refuse to bend. As a result, I expect them to bend to me. And for about a year, they do it. And then after that, they say, the heck with it. We, we're just, we need some specialized treatment. We need some customized treatment. We want a special accounting. Exec. And that's just not how we work. And we try to let our results speak for themselves. And they're always impressive. But the fact that we won't refuse to customize or create a customized process or service for each individual client, which I generally believe is bad business, I continually lose big clients. Um, and so this all started in the beginning. I used to bet. I used to give them what they wanted. They wanted discounts. They wanted a special account executive. Um, they wanted uh, different advertising. They wanted more for less than they wanted you to do uh, for the average client. And I did. And then I would find that they would get what they want and my business would not. I would get, I would lose money. I would have great stress. We would have to do more than we could originally sign, signed up to group. So we couldn't deliver. We couldn't profit while giving them what they wanted. So we decided to start doing what worked for us. Then it didn't work for the big client. So to this day, I am a failure at landing big counts. Um, I find the silver lining in that, in the fact that a lot of companies, if they have a big account and they lose that account, they go out of business or they, they're down 30% because that account client was you know 30% of their business. I can lose a big account. I can negotiate with strength because I do not need them. I have thousands of individual homeowners that have one or two properties under my management versus one client who has several thousand properties. I can negotiate with strengths and go in there and negotiate a rate that works for me. I can go in and um, not be dependent on that business or over eager. I can stay true to our brand and not leave behind the small individual clients that are counting on us to do great work for them. Um, and I can empower my employees to not have to deal with a stressful client situation, an unprofitable situation, a high stress situation. So, out of this failure, the fact that we can't keep or maintain long, large accounts, we have become so much better at managing the small service accounts, and we also negotiate with strength to the large accounts. So we still land them because our success and our results speak for themselves. Those big accounts come to us. They usually come to us in dire circumstances. We can't get our houses rented. 
we're 30% vacant, our rents are going down instead of up. We come in and we do all the market corrections for them. We get them filled up, we get them rented, and then when, when we've cured their problems, they let us go because we can't, we don't customize to them because we know it just doesn't work. We've learned from our experiences. So I don't know if it's um, truly a failure or if we just, we found that uh, you can't be both. Um, Rework is another book that I'll reference a lot. In fact, um, that's a book I'm going to recommend you all to read by Jason Fried. They're the founder of 37 Signals and the Basecamp um, uh, meeting software. They also own High Rise. They're just a really great group of entrepreneurs. And uh, they came up with a phrase called lasagna, uh, banana flavored lasagna. <laughs> uh, if you owned a restaurant and you had a menu and you had 10 things on the menu, uh, and then one of your, your favorite client comes in. He comes and he eats there two times a week and he tips well. He, he's very loyal. He brings guests with him. He's one of your big advocates. And one day he comes in and says, you know what? I really want banana flavored lasagna. And after that, I want cherry flavored hot dogs. And you're just not set up to make that. Uh, you're just, you're, do you customize? Do you go out of your way and carry a new product and, and just take the overhead just to service that big client or do you stay true and say, no, I'm not, I, I'm not going to make banana flavored lasagna. I make the best Italian four cheese lasagna in the market. I'm going to focus on being great at that and selling more of my best seller than to create one for something that only you want. And that to me was how I take the approach of big clients. I don't need them. I would love them. And unfortunately I can't cater to just one client, um, big or small. I have a proven process and a proven concept. You can buy into that, and I'm going to explain you the value to that. But if you don't buy into it and you want this customer service, I'm sorry. I just I can't offer that. And you know who does that really well? The guys at Rework. And so we've emulated uh, a lot of what they've, they've shared with us in that book. And you can't be all things to everybody. In fact, sometimes just selling more of your best seller is better than diversifying or innovating. Um, and that's the way, and that's the approach we've – that's what we've learned from our failures of working with big clients is we've learned we can't discount. We've learned we can't give them what they want, but we have learned that we can deliver really great results and clients will keep coming back to us like these big clients have when they really need us. When they really need something magical to happen or great results, they come to us. And then when the problem's cured, we tend to find ourselves unemployed because we're, we're kind of uh, um, they, we're expensive or we don't cater to large clients. So as a result, they have to justify that expense at that time for success. And when, when they have what they need, they kind of let us go. And that's just the nature of the beast. So Fire Nation, I really hope that you're taking a lot out of this and specifically the diversification aspect of it and how Brenton is doing a great job, not putting all of his eggs in one basket, but instead spreading out all of his risk across thousands of clients. So he could lose a huge chunk in one day. It would barely make a blip on his radar. And Brenton, have you ever read the book by Michael Michalowicz, The Pumpkin Plan? No, I haven't, but I'm going to take note of that. You, gotta, you, you have to take note of this, Brenton, because it's a phenomenal book. It really expounds even further on the principles that you're talking about that Jason Free touches upon in Rework. You know, Rework has that great section about what you're talking about. The entire book, The Pumpkin Plan, and Mike Michalowicz was a great past guest of Entrepreneur on Fire, such an inspiring guy. This book is so incredible. It really goes into why it works, exactly what you're talking about. And he really references the pumpkins and the pumpkin patches and how people grow the best pumpkins. And the pumpkin metaphor is your business by pruning away 
all of the smaller kind of rotted pumpkins that would just detract from your overall business. Your core business, Brenton, is serving the masses a great product. It's not having all of this focus taken away on this other pumpkin that's growing off on another stem, taking some of the resources, energy, time, and effort. And he goes into such great detail into so many different businesses, some very similar to yours, Brenton. I know it'll be powerful not only for you, but for Fire Nation in general. And what I really want to do now, Brenton, because, ma'am, you were just sharing some gems with Fire Nation right now. You shared with us a struggle that you've had with the bigger clients. You share with us the aha moment that you have of not just changing your core business, what works for them, but instead focusing on your core principles, that following one course until success, Brenton. Let's talk about today. Let's talk about right now in your world. What is one thing that's just really exciting you today? This year, we recruited the director of franchising from Coca-Cola to become the president of franchising for our company. We believe now we have proven the concept that what we do is in demand. We believe we have mastered a proven process of how to do what we set out to do, which is to rent and manage residential real estate and to become dedicated, innovative, and accountable while doing it. We have this turnkey business in a box now. Uh, We realize that through all these process creation, this value proposition, our guarantee, um, our projection tools, our technology, um, our marketing know-how, we just realized that we have a lot to share. And how do we share it? We thought we could share it through the franchise method. We could give people this business in a box where everything they need to start their own renter's warehouse, professional landlord company is available to people. We just needed to box it up, and we did. So our first year, we sold one franchise um, down in Phoenix. It was a pilot program. Today, that franchise is um, the top property management company in four years' time in Phoenix, Arizona. We've proven that it works in a totally polar opposite market than Minnesota. Minnesota's are actually a rather good real estate market. Phoenix, one of the worst at the time. So we said we, we set out to prove it there. Next year, we sold three more. Uh, we sold it in Atlanta, Baltimore, Maryland, and um, Denver, Colorado. We sold those three. We wanted to make sure, okay, now we need to figure out what it means to be a franchisor to, to many. We've now mastered how to be a franchisor. So we've taken the slow and steady. We've done what we did so well at Renters Warehouse, which is we've invented processes, systems. We proved them. We mastered them. So we sold four franchises. We learned how to be a franchisor. And then this year, in the last four months, we've sold 12 franchises. And now next year, we're going to sell 25 to 50. We are ready to go gangbusters nationwide to put a renter's warehouse in every major market across the nation. We have the right team, the right process. We've bundled it and put it in a box. And it's, we've made it a no-brainer financially. It's $30,000 to buy what I took six and a half years to master and 150 employees to put together. It's all the things you shouldn't do. It's the things you should do. And you also get me and my team to support you for life and to become a minority partner, four and a half percent owner in your business. Essentially, that's the royalty. So somebody can start their own renters warehouse in San Diego, uh, Las Vegas, um, Miami, and we set them up. We give them their website, their 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 property management software, their marketing know-how, their celebrity spokespeople to do radio advertisements. Um, everything you need to be a professional landlord the way Renner's Warehouse is done. And then we're going to be there for lifetime support and training. And you just buy your territory rights and you're off to the races and you get your very own business in a box uh, to become a professional landlord. And to consider the market size of this right now, 
Four out of 10 human beings in the United States of America rent their homes. Uh, the other 60% are the owners of those homes. So unless you're homeless, you're a potential client of Renters Warehouse. The market is huge. And to put this into perspective even better, Jeff, the size of the smartphone industry is $56 billion a year industry. The size of the residential property management business is a $54 billion a year industry. In the smartphone industry, we all know these billion-dollar companies, Google, Samsung, Nokia, Sony, Apple, right? Major billion-dollar companies within a $56 billion a year industry. The biggest company in residential property management is a $22 million brokerage, and right behind them is us. That means there is huge opportunity to become a market leader. No one has done this, and that we are set out to do that. Uh, we hope to become the first-ever chapstick of lip balm, Kleenex of tissue paper, the professional landlords of property management on a national basis. If you think about it, not many people could name a local property manager, but you could name a local real estate company, a Remax, a Keller Williams, a Cobalt Banker, you name it. But nobody's dominated the residential property management market, and I believe it's huge enough to dominate. We're set out to do that, and we need entrepreneurs, uh, real estate entrepreneurs, to come and join us in our national expansion plans by buying a franchise. That's what I'm incredibly excited. <laughs> Rightfully so. And just to put an exclamation point on your point, I was a real estate agent here in San Diego for two years and not even I can name one. So I doubt anybody else could unless they're right in the industry themselves. And Brent, so we're going to touch upon this at the end once again, but just right now for people that are just fired up, what's the best way to connect with what you have going on here? You know, the best way to reach us is to go to our franchise website. It's professionallandlords.com. There you can learn about the opportunity. You can see the available markets. But what's neat about it is we set up this learning environment where you can submit your information. Instead of dealing with salespeople who are going to tell you this is the greatest thing since canned Coke, which I believe, <laughs> uh, you get to learn about the experience on your own. We've set up six chapters where you get to go through chapter one, which is what it'll take to be successful. Do you have what it takes, chapter two? And here's what we need from you. And then chapter three is what you will do, how you'll do it, what the potential is. And you get to learn at your own pace. And then at different stages, we check in with you. And if you make it through the six stages, you're a well-qualified candidate. You've learned about the system. You've learned what it takes. You've learned what it will take to qualify you. And then we get involved with you to help you become uh, the next step. But I'm also a big blogger. If people like to uh, read blogs, um, if you go to renterswarehouse.com forward slash blog, I write every Monday and Thursday about lifestyle and real estate, uh, the rental market, local and national. Um, I'm a special consultant to a lot of news organizations about the residential property management space. So if you're interested in real estate, that's another great place to find me. Bren, we're going to take a minute here to thank our sponsors. Interested in becoming a mobile app reseller, but you don't have all the skills and knowledge it takes to create apps for businesses? What if I told you I have just the right company who can help? Business Apps has an entire custom, intuitive mobile app creation process. No programming required. Best of all, it's completely white label, so it appears as if it's your company's platform. Cater to restaurants, realtors, bands, lawyers, just about any industry you can think of. So if you're looking to become a mobile app reseller, then you're in luck. Among all the amazing benefits Business Apps offers to their customers, they also boast the best customer service in the mobile app space. At least that's what their customers say. Visit businessapps.com. That's B-I-Z-N-E-S-S -S apps.com. 
com and build your next mobile app for free today. There are a ton of important things that go into launching your own business. And guess what? Being an entrepreneur means that you're in charge of all of them. Having this responsibility means there are several areas where you can easily get caught up in the minute details that really shouldn't be holding you back from launching. Design projects are just one example. I'm not saying your logo or website design aren't important. They definitely are. But these are the types of projects many entrepreneurs use as excuses for delaying their launch. You can upgrade, tweak, or revise your design at any time. Believe me, I revised Entrepreneur on Fire's logo six times since my launch. Translation, stop using design as your excuse for not launching. There's never going to be a better time to start than right now. The best part is it only takes a week at 99designs. All you have to do is visit 99designs.com slash fire and you'll get a $99 power pack of services for free. So Brenton, this is just a perfect segue to what my favorite part of the interview is, and that's the lightning rounds. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation style, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Money and risk. What is the best advice you've ever received? I've always learned so well from bad advice, and that was (laughs) part of my problem. You know... When I got into business, somebody said, uh, it's a cutthroat business and sometimes you got to step on people to get in the way. And In the first year or so in business, I was ruthless. I did what it took to be successful. And I think that was terribly wrong. Um, I think you need to create allies, advocates, and network. Um, so, so the best advice I ever got, um, hmm, that's a tough one. I've, I've, I've come from a school of hard knocks where I always learn from mistakes I've made and, and I never really had a true mentor. But the best advice I took um, was probably some of those chapters I referenced from Rework. Emulate chefs, learn from successes, the banana-flavored lasagna chapter. Um, I found that book to be just just amazing for me in my business. That book, Rework, was probably the best advice I ever got. It was from a book, and it was about the software business, and I had nothing to do with that software business. I'm in the real estate game. That book was the best advice I ever got. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? There is no set schedule for an entrepreneur. When do you do your best work? I find I work best at home and in the mornings. Some people are night owls. You know, they'll work from 6 to 10 p.m. or 6 to late. Um, find the ultimate workspace and create it. Um, your environment's going to directly impact how successful you are, how focused you are, how creative you are. And that was one of, that was another great piece of advice was to create a really great workspace. And uh, I found that I have just an amazing home office for getting work done. Love that. Brenton, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Absolutely. One I love so much I invested in uh, afterwards. I I found the CEO and said, I need to own the part of this company. It's amazing. It's called 155.com, 155.com. This is a human resources software. It, as I told you before, I'm retired uh, and I, I work from home. So how do I keep my finger on the pulse of my business? That is how I do it, 15.5. What it does is it asks five questions of my key executives every day. And then my five ex- my executives ask five questions of their management personnel. And those management personnel ask five questions 
to their staff. The questions are like, what's your biggest win this week? What's your biggest challenge? Um, got any great ideas? How's your morale? Things like that. And ask them every week at Friday. They have to respond. And, and there's a, it's a software. It's automated process. It captures the information. It stores it. And then my executives roll that up to me so I know what's going well, what's going bad, what challenges they're facing, how's their morale. It is my finger on the pulse of my business while being an absentee owner. Oh, Brenton, it is an amazing resource. And David Hassel, who's the CEO of 15.5, was an amazing interview on Entrepreneur on Fire. You should go check that out. I will. David is David is uh, somebody I learn a lot from. Uh, I'm partners with him in 15.5. Uh, we, we, we worked a lot together. He's, he's an, uh, an amazing entrepreneur. And he's done this several times over. I mean, he's right. built so many successful businesses. EOFire.com slash David Hassel will get you there, Brenton. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that Brenton and myself are chatting about today at EOFire.com slash Brenton Hayden. And Brenton, I know the book that you've recommended is Rework, and Fire Nation loves audio. So Fire Nation, if you haven't already, you can get the audio version of Rework for free at EOFireBook.com. That's EOFireBook.com. Dot com. And Brenton, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of a doozy. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Well, no one I know now, in order to be truly, to have the lifestyle I want, to, and that to me means having some personal freedom, um, the finances to live the lifestyle I dream of, I would need to build something. And truly, that's the best way to get equity. That's the best way to um, own a big stake into something is to build something. So I would probably... Um, I would take the the experience that I have. If everybody's waking up in a brand new world, identical to earth, and nobody knows anybody, um, some people will have the knowledge, some people won't. I believe I have some experience and knowledge this year. I'd probably build, the thing that I would build would be some sort of book on what I had done in my previous life of property management. I would tell people how to start a property management company because that's what I know, that's what I do. Um, it's the most valuable thing I own, which is my experience and knowledge that I've learned becoming a master property investor. I think that's what I would do. And I would, it doesn't take money to promote that book. I would write that book uh, on my laptop and I'd take my 500 bucks and I would market it. Boom, Brenton. I mean, I have really enjoyed hearing your journey today. As a 28-year-old, the inspiration is just profound. Share with Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. I'm big on LinkedIn. If you want to find me on LinkedIn, I connect with nearly anyone. You're not bothering me to uh, ask me for advice or, or connect. Or I'd love to grow my network, so find me on LinkedIn. Um, that's a great place to find me and stay in touch. I'm pretty active there. Um, you know, as far as advice goes, uh, if you are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, you want to become a business owner, um, you want to create a lifestyle or create, you know, a legacy for you and business is part of that legacy. Uh, get started. Just go and do it. Too many people wait for 
perfect circumstances. I have to have this much money and I, and my life needs to be this way. And, um, that's the risk. That's why entrepreneurs, I believe need to be respected. They put risk aside in, 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 in replacement of, uh, preparation and, and passion for their dreams. Just, you don't need to have, you know, if you're building a website, it doesn't need to be perfect. Um, I, another chapter from the rework book, it's like starting a hot dog stand. Just get started. You can just open a hot dog stand with just hot dogs. You don't need to have all the condiments and, and hamburgers on the menu. Just sell the best damn hot dog. And so what I mean by that and what I took from that is just get started. Go out there with a minimal viable product, something you believe in, something you can be passionate about, something that's good. And maybe it's only one small thing, but just go. Just do it. Take some chances. But here's that caveat. You must have complete passion and dedication for it. You have to be the biggest believer that that product or that service will ever have or you will not be successful. If you do not believe in it, you cannot ask others to believe in it. If you believe in it and you got something, just something small, go with it. You'll, you'll never believe how successful you'll be. It's the biggest thing about being successful is taking some chances to become successful. Brenton, thank you for putting the cherry on top of an amazing interview. And Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've talked about today at eofire.com. They can click on the podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives. Or Fire Nation, just enter Brenton in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. And Brenton, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you. And we'll catch you on the flip side. John, what you're doing is great. I'll be enjoying some of those archives as well. And thank you very much for having me on the show. Starting a business is no cakewalk. I know. But over the past year and a half, we've learned a ton about what it takes to be successful. If you're looking for in-depth insights into what it takes to forge ahead on your entrepreneurial journey, then we have an exclusive email series called The Fire Path that will be perfect for you. Visit thefirepath.com to sign up today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 